Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on 1180 WFYL. If you're listening out there and you are a woman who is doing something special in business and you'd like to come in and share that with us, please feel free to call me at 215-313-5561 or email me at srocco, R-O-C-C-O, at gmail.com. I am thrilled this morning to have two ladies in the studio who are um, not only extremely accomplished, but um, are going to give us a lot of insight into how we can better relate to coworkers and make our businesses better. So I'd like to introduce to you Linda Summer, CEO of Summer Consulting, and Juliet Faunen, who is president of Summer Consulting. Thanks so much for coming in today. Happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I um, I love to do the first half of the show by finding out your background and getting to know a little bit about the two of you and what your life was prior to the position that you're in now. So, Linda, we'll start with you. And tell me um, first where you grew up. I grew up in Long Island in New York. I, I could tell by the <laughs> accent. <laughs> Although I've been out here for about 35 years. Okay. So I'm here a while. Okay. I was a teacher in the New York City system for nine years. Okay. And then I went to, sc- I continued to go to school to find more careers. And I started doing executive coaching. And then from executive, Fortune 500 companies. Right. I met somebody through, I met Dr. Yeager actually. Okay, and through, I wanted to find out how that came uh-huh. about. I was taking a course. Uh, the technology was called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is known for behavior change. And uh, I was looking for something new to do. Okay. And I became a trainer in that area, and then I had an institute for about 20 years. Okay. And um, that was behavior change, so mostly psychologists, medical people, and then I transitioned into the business world because there weren't that many people that could change more on the executive level, on the entry level, there were many people, but there weren't many people that they would listen to on the executive level. Okay. So the tools offered that. Right. Um, So I just been continuing. I've taught around the world for a long time. Right. You've been doing a lot of traveling recently. A lot. Yes. But I taught behavior change in Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay, England, really all over the world. Okay. Um, And then I just keep switching it up. Let's go back for a little bit. I'm I'm always interested in knowing if the field you're in now Mm -hmm. is something that you thought about when you were young. No, I never knew what I was going to do when I was young. And my sister was a teacher. Okay. So it just was natural. I became a teacher. Okay. And then from there, I really, when I graduated, I wanted to start traveling because we weren't in a position to travel when I grew up. Okay. So one of my goals was to start traveling every summer. So That's a good plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I had, you know, four or five jobs. I would work my way through everything, and I put things aside to be able to travel. Wow. Okay. And uh, I started studying languages, which I like. I learned it enough to get by in the country. You know, so, and then if I'm teaching in a country, I like to be able to speak at least on a basic level, and there are lots of programs. Right, right. There's actually apps now that you can take with you, you know, wherever you're traveling that'll help you get through the language barrier. I do. It's Last year, uh, we, I went to uh, Russia on a business trip, and that one I don't know at all, so I was able to type it in English, and right. then poof, they spoke To get in, by, where am I, how do yeah. I get to... Um, so uh, tell me about your years. In, did you go to Brooklyn College? Went to, yes, I went to Queens College, Brooklyn College, and then I went to um, Columbia State for, for my, graduate, my postgraduate work. And I think um, the school was interesting. School is school. I was mugged a couple of times in oh school. Oh, gosh. But it taught me about people. I think the thing that's interesting <laughs> is that I Made always tougher. thought. Well, I always thought that if you walk down the street and I go, hi, I'm Linda, you don't want to hurt me. You know, that it, <laughs> I was so silly. Um, and we get wiser as we get older, yeah. for sure. And every seven years, I have an itch to start over and start from scratch. Like, if ignorant is bliss, I'm a very blissful woman. Right. I like knowing nothing and learning as much as I can. Did, I just said that this morning to yes. Celeste about I prefer to be go through life a little bit more naive and trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, you you know, you just wouldn't leave the house if we thought about all the things that go on in the world today. I think you you learn. Like, Juliet and I, we went to Paris, I think it was maybe two weeks after 9-11, because mm-hmm. the prices were so cheap. 
And when we went, it was very interesting to see how the world had changed because there were only garbage pail. There were no garbage pails anywhere garbage cans, you know, the benches were full of garbage. It was like a whole different world to that naiveness. The more you travel, the smaller the world is. And the more you travel, you learned how to allow yourself to blend or you, you know, you go for the experience. Right. So I, I, I like living. And if you open yourself to really live, then you have the highs and lows. And I think one of the things... No, I was just, didn't want to interrupt, but you're you're so right about that. As as um, accomplished as you become, and, and the more you put yourself out there, it's not necessarily always going to be positive things. There will always be some setbacks. Oh yes, but, for sure. Right, <laughs> and you just keep going. Yes, whether it's setbacks in your family life or setbacks in your business, we're living at a time where anything can happen. Right. So the more tools you have access to and the more you can flip the way you think about things right. and being able to change your behavior to match the situation is such a benefit now because you have so many people out of work, you know, and so many people going through changes or losing their homes or or expectations when you're lucky enough to have a job that that's tripled and quadrupled. Right. So it's right. a different world and if you don't know how to adapt people drop out. Right. And I think the tools that we offer with our, with summer consulting, as well as what's offered in the book and, and the, the survey we spoke about, um, gives people tools so they have a choice. Right. You right. know, you're not a victim. Right. You know, and if you travel or if you live, then you have the ups and the downs and you're not afraid because right. you learn how to just morph. And, you know, I think people don't realize that they're are tools that they can learn. I think a lot of people perhaps go through life feeling they don't have the ability maybe to adjust or um, be successful in a business and that it doesn't come natural to everyone. It's a learning process and someone can help you to do that. Yes, if we look at from a coaching perspective, when I walk in a room, I look to see if someone, if it's a how-to, a want-to, or a chance-to issue. Very often, people don't know how because they're missing tools. Right. And the tools are not deep and psychological. They're practical, they're effective, and they're efficient. Right. And we'll get into all that a little Mm -hmm. bit later. But um, Juliet, I'd love to hear about your background. Uh, Juliet is the president of Summer Consulting. And um, tell me where where you grew up in your your school years. And Sure. I grew up in Elizabeth, New Jersey, which is, um, for folks that don't know the area, it's very close to Newark Airport, so it's quite an inner city area. And uh, although we didn't have a ton of money to do vacations or fancy clothes, my parents really believed that education was extremely important. So they put my brother and I in a, in a good local school, and um, I was a cheerleader and uh, studied really hard, and I really enjoyed school. And when it came time for high school, I had the choice of either going to the local high school or applying to um, some all-girls high schools. And uh, my parents weren't sure I was going to want to go that route, but I I really thought that if I went to an all-girls school, that maybe I could focus even more on my studies, and it would really give me an opportunity to to achieve more. So I went to an all-girls school called Oak Knoll in Summit. Okay. And my parents drove me there every day. It was about a 45-minute drive there and back every wow. day. Devoted parents. They were amazing uh, to make sure that I could have that opportunity to have that education. And even though I had to stay till 6, 6.30 when my dad got out of work and nobody was at the school anymore but me sitting on the front stoop there, uh, they knew it was important to them and it was important to me. So right. from there, I, I went to Duke uh, University down in North Carolina for my undergraduate work. And I studied psychology and Spanish literature there. And I took a year off. I finished in three and a half years, so I took a half a year to live in Spain. And I won a fellowship to work at the Prado Museum. Wow. And over there, I worked doing x-ray analyses of paintings and things wow. I had no idea about. But um, because I spoke Spanish, I kind of fell into um, a great opportunity to, to work there and, and learn about the artwork that they were restoring and whatnot. So it was a fantastic experience that was completely out of my set of uh, experiences to that point in terms of doing something like that internationally. So You I think both share that, that um, curiosity you know, and that yes. that willingness and I think courage to try new things and and not just kind of go the safe route with mm-hmm. something maybe you were told you should do or something you had in your head that this is what I should be doing. I love that. 
I think that's what I was going to say, that Linda and I, I think we resonate so much with each other because we both have that same interest. We both love to travel. We both love to do completely new, different things that have nothing to do with um, what <laughs> we've studied box or and, learned or, right, that's or whatnot. Great. So. And we laugh a lot at ourselves. So Good. When we make mistakes <laughs> or something doesn't go according to plan, we have a really good sense of humor. I think some of the most <laughs> successful people are able to laugh at themselves. Anyone who takes themselves too seriously, mm-hmm. you know, others don't want to be around that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about um I'm I'd love to hear from both of you if there was somebody in your life when you were growing up that helped you um with that courage to try new things. Linda, anybody? I would say that my mother was a very big influence. My dad was a very good influence too. He was a very very hard working man, extremely honest. I don't think my father ever owned a credit card in his life. I don't think my father ever owed a penny, and I don't think my father ever told a lie, ever. Wow. Uh, my mother had a very tough upbringing, being in foster care system oh, at a time, you know, after World War II, where it was very difficult for people to take in families. So she was an interesting woman, and she was my biggest supporter. I sang through college. I sang in clubs and 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 uh, little bars and you sang did? my way through well, college. And you're very comfortable in front of this and microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really love, but my mother would come all the time, and she would be the biggest fan, and she would start the tip jar. <laughs> but she always said, walk like you're leading a parade. And oh, I love that. And she always I... taught me to go for anything I wanted. That's great. And so you so had a really good combination of role models. Your, your dad, the hard worker, and probably taught you a lot about saving money and not getting in your much. head. And you know, I had jobs from the time I was six. I was walking kids to school for, you know, two pennies a day. <laughs> you know, so I was always, I always had jobs. Yes. Even through all through college, I had jobs. I have always worked. That's great. That that gives you that global view of, you know, being responsible, ethical. I think the other thing that we really resonate is I really believe that we live the best ethical lives we know how to live and that um, I think we do our best to walk our walk. Well, you know? and that yeah. matters, truly. Yeah. I mean, you know, being ethical. People can do things in business for, for many, many years and perhaps not do it in the most honest way. But eventually, that will catch up. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that someone's going to like what you do. I don't question, though, whether I do my best. Okay, like, it may not work. My best might suck (laughs) (laughs) in that moment. But I know that I did my best. And then at that moment, you'll also find out what you could have done differently. And rather than live on what you could have done, you make those adjustments, you know, in that that next moment. Every day is a new day. Yes. We have learned that over and over (laughs) and over. Well, that makes it exciting. (laughs) And Juliet, how about you? Anyone in your life that, you know, really instilled in you, it's confidence that, you know. Sure. You know, I've I've always thought that I want to one day host this um, women's lunch where I can invite back people that have been influential in my life all along because I feel that I've been so blessed that I've always had amazing female role models and I don't know if it's because I've sought them out or I've just been really lucky Um, because I know a lot of women say it's hard sometimes in business to find people or even socially to find people that you say you know I just I just like how she approaches life I want to do it that way connect with her right so I feel from my mother very young to my first uh, music teacher and in in high school and then college professors and just different people along the way and eventually leading up to, to Linda I've just been so blessed to have strong women that I've really had so much respect for um, from being people that can be very successful and work hard at whatever their passion is but also that they're just amazing human beings right. and I think at the core that's something that is such a strength of women is that we have to be multidimensional. Um, it's not enough to be successful in one area or another. You really are called on in so many dimensions as a sister, as a friend, as a mother, as a daughter. We have a lot of roles. We do. Um, so I think when you're exposed to that growing up that you, you don't have to have it all, but you do have to be all of it a lot of the time. And right. how do you manage all those different things in a way that you, you're happy with yourself and you're living a life you want to live. So I've been really lucky in that respect. Well, um, and I think if you surround yourself with women like that who truly want your 
you know, your best interest and want you to succeed, that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to add one thing, because as Juliet was talking, I was thinking of different people that have been very influential in my life. And I think another thing that resonates with us, and I, I hope with your audience, is that very often when something good happens to somebody, uh, women in the past would have a tendency to be jealous, wishing it was them. I would say that one of the things that works if something happens to Juliet or to me or the women that I do surround myself with, we're excited for each other, genuinely excited for each That's other. That's wonderful. Which it is, should be Which that is, way. it's not like, oh, well, that happened to them. I wish it would happen to me. It's like just genuine excitement. Right, right. And um, I, I think... I think with women supporting each other, when I started, women weren't in the areas that I taught, that I worked in. They were, they were, there were no women. They were the secretaries. They were the getting the water for the bosses. I right. was in men's company. Right. And now the world has changed. And I think that there are so many more women groups that are supportive, mm-hmm. um, that do get There's, excited for you with each accomplishment. Right, right. You know, I get excited with everything that happens to Juliet and with her family and her schooling. I can and, see that from the minute you walked <laughs> in and we sat down. She's You're her rare. best fan. Because she, because people who are really good are rare. And I think when people don't take a look at who's the entire person, you create an atmosphere. In our company, we have fabulous people because we create an atmosphere where we trust them we don't have to micromanage them you know like it's it's people i have women with children so we have a lot of flex hours and uh, the respect and the love really we do love the people that work for us i think what you get back is a hundredfold and you don't have to say did you do this it's an expectation it's a culture right so, and you're so fortunate to have oh, that and very, walk into yes. that environment no, we created day. it we yes. we we live it and we create it and right. i think it's special people who come to work for us you have to be willing to work very hard right and really well in 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 that environment I think then there's the benefit all the way around for all of us Mm -hmm. that's great she's just more poetic than I am (laughs) (laughs) okay I want to hear the story about how you met how how did you two come to meet each other so when I was in college it was my senior year and my best friend uh, Danielle lived in Miami at the time and I uh, was living in New Jersey So she had told me about her stepmother's best friend, Linda, that owned this company in Pennsylvania, and she was interested in interviewing for the company. But since she lived in Miami, it it wasn't exactly easy. So she came up to visit my family for Thanksgiving, and I drove her to the interview. But never being to Pennsylvania before, I didn't realize that New Hope had a lot of mountains and twists and turns. And once I drove her to the interview, I had absolutely no idea where I was. I was stuck in this. Like, <laughs> Did you have GPS? Area? No, not, no, GPS. no, no GPS. <laughs> so I was sitting in this parking lot, not really sure what to do with myself. And uh, Linda came out and said, you know, why don't you just join us? We're going to go for lunch. So we went to lunch, and they were talking about the company and everything that they taught. Tell and me, did. What, what position was she interviewing for? Uh, research analyst. So okay. an introductory uh, okay. analyst position. And after we spoke and went, went through everything, we left the lunch. And Danielle said, oh, that's not for me. No. She said, I need to be in a bigger company, you know, maybe consulting. She wasn't quite sure what she wanted to do yet. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly where I want to be. <laughs> I said, I love that idea of a small company, very entrepreneurial. I love what they're doing. It lines up with my major. I said, this is fantastic. So the next day I called and I said, I- I'd like you to hire me. Yeah, good <laughs> and for you. Said, you just asked. You. And they said, great, because we were going to offer the job to you. Oh my, did you literally sit through the interview with mm-hmm. Danielle? You did. Yeah, sat through the whole thing. So we all laughed about it. It was just very fortuitous. And Danielle has gone on to have an amazing career. And she lives in Europe now. And she's a strategic director for Nike International so oh wow she ended she up okay. doing very well yeah, she did okay <laughs> <laughs> and uh and we still maintain our best friendship even across the ponds so um and here I am 14 years later uh as the president of this company so everything happens for a reason and yeah. I think you have to trust your instinct when it tells you that's a really that's good so job interesting. Offer. right but you knew you you felt something and probably meeting Linda yeah. you felt a connection with her yeah just after meeting Linda Summer and Joseph Yeager the chairman I just said I, I felt at home I felt like it would be a place where I could learn, where I could contribute. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Jeffrey Yeager. Tell me about him. Joseph. And tell me about him and, and the um, 
Go ahead. You have the history down better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe well, Yeager. Uh, he was uh, the chief psychologist at a major pharmaceutical company over okay. 30 years ago. So he was working in the boardroom space, working with change management and helping teams communicate with each other. So how could you get senior management to communicate their objectives appropriately to their marketing team? And, and how could even the, the executives work with each other better? So what he found was the way you holler at the mountain is the way your echo returns. The way he asked the questions was the way he got the best feedback possible. So he realized that if he strategically asked questions in a way that he sought to find out what really was behind their eyeballs, what was really driving behavior and helping people make choices, he could get so much more depth out of them. So from that, he, uh, he birthed his own consulting business on the side of asking questions and getting back very in-depth responses. And he found if I could do this in the boardroom, I can do this with populations. And then it uh, and translated. And teach other people to do it. Exactly. So he translated it to the market research space. And that's how Linguistics was born, was asking questions of populations and finding out the way they answer is the way you look and, and break down how they make their choices. He developed a proprietary eight-component model that looks at all of the different perspectives that factor into decision-making strategy. And 30 years later, it's the same technology that we still use um, with our Fortune 500 clients. It's, it's so interesting. I can't wait to talk about really the nitty-gritty of that um, in the second half. But so then, did, how did you meet Joseph? I was taking a course in behavior change, and he happened to be there. So I was taking behavior change and hypnosis, and we had a study group together. <laughs> and then he brought me into the company. I said, but I don't have all the degrees. He said, but you get results. And then he hypnotized and then he, <laughs> he did, he did, he did. And he said, you will come with me on this close, journey. Very close. <laughs> so we had a lot in common, and uh, we built the company. And then we had a small office in Colorado, and I wanted to – bring it here and he didn't feel that we could find the people to be able to really get what he's doing and then after I met Juliet I went ha ha and so we added our main office which is here Juliet learned it so quickly it made it that it doesn't have to go over your head you know when you see someone taking their hand going phew, 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 that kind it, of the, how I was yesterday when, <laughs> <laughs> when I was trying to absorb all yes. this information and so what, what my job is I take Joe's stuff and I turn it into English so right. Dr. Yeager has been, you know, he's really brilliant. I mean, he lives and breathes learning and writing. And if you Google him, you'll see he's all over. You have tons and tons of articles. So we've been very fortunate to have him in our lives. And once I met Juliet, then we together started building the company here. And we've been very, very lucky with the people we find because of the interviewing skills we have and That's the linguistic capabilities. And, and it's very important to um, translate all of this in a way that people can understand, that maybe yes. do not have the background that the two Absolutely. of you do. That's really important. If it's not usable in regular everyday life, then it doesn't mean anything. You know, if you're teaching someone, it doesn't mean anything. If you're teaching someone rapport skills and they can tell you how to get rapport, but they don't have it themselves with you, it's not something you want to know. Exactly. And right. if it wasn't easy, the business world wouldn't be interested because they have so many things on their plate right. that it needs to be something that seems like, aha, Okay. Well, we're going to get into, we're going to take a short break for our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk all about the book, Beyond Office Politics, that Linda wrote. And we're going to talk about the company and all the services that you provide to Fortune 500 companies. We'll be back. Can't read my mind. I'm undefined. News Talk 1180-WFYL, streaming live at 1180-WFYL.com. Want your home to look great for company from out of town, moving to a new place, or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for you. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow into the number one cleaning tool company in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, 
ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. Building truly extraordinary custom homes and renovations is our passion at Cornell Custom. Each home is built with quality and care. We have earned a solid reputation for integrity, dependability, leadership, and value. If you are considering building a custom home or remodeling, Cornell Custom will be there with you through every step to bring your vision to life. Building a custom home is a labor of love that needs a commitment of time, attention to detail, and vision throughout the creative process. Cornell Custom will work together with you to guide you and ensure that every desire is met. For information in the New Jersey area, please contact Patty Djokovic at 856 856- 982-4514. If you're interested in the Pennsylvania area, you can call Rose Zeffirino at 908-419-1128. Get your skinny water today at Acme. Great taste, zero guilt. And see how delicious a zero calorie enhanced with vitamins and electrolytes can be. Because taste matters, doesn't it? Try skinny water today at Acme. Is your online store cluttering your house and garage with your product? Does it require you to spend all your free time shipping packages, leaving you no time to work with new customers or develop new marketing initiatives? Now is the time to free up your space and time and let ABC Fulfillment provide you with cost-effective warehousing, order processing, and shipping for your products. Our 20,000-square-foot warehouse is conveniently located in Ambler, PA. ABC Fulfillment is a 100% woman-owned and operated business and has helped many small and mid-sized businesses solve their warehousing and order processing problems. We pride ourselves on our attention to detail as well as our excellent customer service. When you call us, you will always speak with someone who can help you solve your problem and not be asked to leave a message. Our personal touch and expertise separates us from the rest. Last year, we shipped over 150,000 packages for our customers, including order processing and shipping for the Jill Steals and Deals segment of the Today Show, saving our customers both time and money. If you would like to spend more time finding new products to sell, reaching new customers, and marketing your products, now is the time to call ABC Fulfillment. Please call 215-628-3154 and ask for Eileen or Lisa to help you get started. Wagmore Next Door is Skipback Animal Hospital's latest addition to help meet the needs of your pet. We're the only animal hospital in the Skipback and surrounding area now providing a doggy day camp and one-stop shopping for your pet's exercise and fun. Have you ever come home after a long day at work to find that your dog has eaten your favorite pair of underwear or socks, destroyed parts of your home, or shoplifted an entire chicken from the kitchen countertop? Leaving your dog home alone can be dangerous and life-threatening. Wagmore Next Door is fully supervised and operated by trained animal professionals. Here your dog will run and play with other dogs. Obedience training is also available and very popular. Your dog will go home tired, content, and happy. We have many packages to choose from to accommodate your work schedule, vacation schedule, and out-of-town schedule. For information, please call us at 610-584-6300, or you can visit our website, skipbackanimalhospital.com. You can also check out our Facebook page. We can't wait to see you. At Bluebell Physical Therapy, our goal is to get you back in the game, back to work, and back to your normal way of life. Our highly respected team provides preventative and rehabilitation services from everyday physical and occupational therapy to post-operative rehab of your knees, shoulders, or spine. Bluebell Physical Therapy focuses on achieving each patient's maximum level of recovery. Bluebell Physical Therapy, the treatment you need for the therapists you trust. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. We are back. We are back in the studio today with um, Linda Summer, who is the author of 
Beyond Office Politics, as well as the uh, CEO of Summer Consulting, and her president, Juliet Fownan. And um, this half, I'm thrilled. I have lots and lots and lots of notes, because after reading Linda's book, my mind was spinning with how um, interesting what they're doing is. So we're going to spend the last half hour finding out uh, the concept behind the book and what it is that Summer Consulting offers to their clients. So, Linda, let's, let's start with you and, and find out how this book came to be. For a very long time, I've wanted to translate uh, what we do professionally into a simple book that people could read that taught them something. So if you do a book that's a manual, I work with a lot of folks who like are in IT or engineers, and they're very good with paper charts. However, the people skills are very often not as developed as they need it to be politically or in the business place. So what I wanted to do was write a simple story of like 125 pages that tells a story but each chapter teaches you something. So you could either read the book and watch someone's journey, or you can look at the charts and graphs so that it's in context. So let's say you're doing coaching and you're teaching skills. When you're on the job site, it's in the context of what they're doing. Right. When you're at home or you're hanging with your family, you know you may be reading something, but you don't know how to relate it. So right. I thought that by incorporating just, let's say, three skills out of thousands or hundreds, that it would teach one step at a time, not be heady, be a journey, and you walk away knowing something, as you said to me, that you couldn't stop looking at people saying or listening, saying, right, you know, right. power affiliation achievement. Well, especially because it's a story about a person. You know, there's mm -hmm. there's someone in the story, and he's ha going through something. Yes. Um, and I think if it had just been facts and charts and graphs, exactly. I know myself, I would have lost interest. But um, not only was I fascinated by the three... Motivations. Motivations, because I kept relating that to mm -hmm. people I know. I wanted to know what happened to him at the end. Exactly. So that was really smart exactly. to do it that way. Yes, and I, I think in a larger frame, David McClellan was a Harvard professor back in the 70s, and he did a very large frame of power affiliation achievement. And it's very easy to understand what that means. It's just it's it's done in a way in the book that takes you through it. So I always advise people read the book and put in the characters of people that you know. Right. Uh, one of my grandchildren, which I really, I apologize for even saying that out loud at 27. Um, one of my grandchildren <laughs> is a swimmer. So he, I made him read the book because I wanted to see could somebody, I mean, he lives around us so he knows that type of talk, but would he be able to comprehend what the main ideas were? And he substituted, instead of the different executives, he substituted it for swimming coaches. Absolutely. I have another grandson who's on a scholarship at Indiana State University. He did it for his past teachers as well as his coaches. Right. And then other people said, oh, I thought of all my best friends. So whether you're in business now or you were in business or you think of who might use it, people have been telling me it's a pass-around book. Absolutely. And you don't even have to be in business. Yes, Because exactly. I immediately thought of my husband. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. how we relate to each other and how after reading the book, it's helpful. It's just helpful in relationships and conversation yes. because it gives you a different perspective of the mindset of the person that's in front of you so you react differently. Yes, I think what you just said is a very big deal. Very often when people mismatch, they think it's psychological in nature. More times than not, it's just a behavior pattern that's a mismatch for the situation. And in our case, it's a linguistic pattern that might be mismatching. Okay. Let's talk to the listeners. Mm -hmm. They might be kind of, you know, wondering what is this all about, even though we're discussing mm -hmm. it. If, if we could talk about each individual um, motivation. Okay. And, and basically, if and please, if I'm not explaining this right, um, there's three ways that someone can come to a um, interaction or, or there's something that people do, they're motivated a certain way and that's how they approach a situation. Where uh, we are a combination of all of these motivations, okay? It's like if you go into business and you go from an affiliation which is a very big people uh, motivation, we, us, if I go to a business and I'm selling a program and every company has a culture, every person has a culture, if they are more affiliation-oriented, they're going to be using words like we, us. 
They want to feel good. They want to belong. And please add any time, Joel. They want to, they want to, um, it's more about the feelings people leave. So if I'm selling a program and they'll say, well, I want to know my folks are going to feel good when they leave this program. They've been working really hard. If they're more achievement-oriented, and I'm sure a lot of you, you know that if you have children and they live on their computer from a perspective of getting things done, or if they're into sports, very often they're a combination of these patterns. If they're achievement, it's more about the work. It's more about the what. What did you accomplish? So the same person might say to me, um, well, what can I expect as the results? as a matter of having you. Or you take the power person, and everybody, many people think power is a negative thing. If you don't have leaders and you don't have people who are into power, you have nothing getting done. Right. So the power person, if they're over into power, is going to be the I, 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 me, me, me. So that person is somebody that if you said, well, can we do this, this, and this, they're, oh, no. And then the next day, it's their idea. Right. Or if you use the word I, it's a one, one up, one down. And it's not necessarily a selfish thing. No. I, the power person is just very determined. They they have conviction and they want it done their way. <coughs> yes. And often it's the right thing uh, to do. Yes. I'll but the way you, they approach it is yes. different. I'll, I'll give you a good example. In the in the beginning of um, American Idol, when it was um, Simon Cowell and Randy Jackson, Randy Jackson and, and Paul Abdul. And if you wanted to see power affiliation achievement, <laughs> right? Power was Simon Cowell. No, yes, you're good, you're bad, right? Um, Paula Abdul was all affiliation. Oh, you touched my heart. Oh, this is so wonderful. And Randy Jackson at that time was, way to go, dude. Or what was he? Yo, dog. Right? Yo, dog. He was yo, yo, dog. Dog. He was yo but dog. He was so, about achievement. Right. That's right. a really good example. And another example, and this is if your audience is a little bit older, the old Star Trek. You had Bones in Star Trek episodes, and he was, oh, Jim, you know, uh, Spock isn't being nice to me. And you had Spock, who was total achievement, and you had Captain Kirk, who was the guy in charge. One is not better than another. And if you think of your family situation, just really briefly, I, I think of it as you have a dad, and someone says, oh, my dad never told me he loved me. If a dad or a mom is somebody that's very achievement-oriented, very often they'd be saying it by great job. So the way that you can hear the difference is from, from, let's say, achievement, well done. Affiliation, I love you. Power, chip off the old block. <laughs> that is a really great example because when I think when you said um, the power, the person who approaches things you know, with the motivation mm -hmm. of power um, gets a bad rap for being selfish. I think affiliation people get a bad rap yes. for being perhaps a Pollyanna yes. or not too soft. Yes. Too soft. <laughs> So tell I want to hear the, I want to hear the, also. the plus side of the affiliation person because oh there's so many because without affiliation well I'll let Jewel address this one a little bit go ahead Jewel well without affiliation you don't have those people skills and a lot of times people that are high on affiliation are also great at building camaraderie and developing teams and they can be really good leaders because they can motivate people and a lot of times it comes from that feeling if you think of someone that runs a non-for-profit if you're not affiliation based and achievement based you have to be able to pull heartstrings and if you can't pull heartstrings you're not going to be very effective at right. what you do right absolutely so it's a critical piece i think Ideally, you're 30, 30, 30, because yes. you can really leverage all of them. Um, but people just have preferences. And sometimes you fall into when it's a moment of stress or a moment of choice, you just fall into one of the uh, one of the three. And, and, and nobody's necessarily one or the mm -hmm. other. And there's probably all types of different or combinations, Absolutely. Um, which was something that I found so interesting reading the book, trying to figure out what am I? What is my combination? What is my husband? What is his combination? And then I thought about the people that I work with here. What is Manny? You know, um, we get along beautifully. And it, and it was just so interesting to me to think, you know, how does she approach her, her job every day? What is her motivation? Yes. And in, when, in talking with power, affiliation, and achievement, um, in the book, it has that chart of take 100 points and put down power, affiliation, and achievement, and put down how you see yourself. Then ask whether it's your business people or whether it's your family, whether it's your spouse, how, you know, have them rate it. And then see how you're seen versus how you think you are. 
Right. I think something critical to add to it, too, is it's not so much you don't want to say, oh, this person's power just so you can put them in a bucket. The whole purpose of understanding what the motivation is so that you can relate to that person more. If you know that someone in your family is very power motivated, and as Linda said before, they're going to express their love by chip off the old block, or it's going to be um, from something in that position, it just helps you understand, oh, that's how they're showing this. That's how they're doing this. Right. So you don't take it personally are good. and get offended. Yes. Intent, you just say yes. that's the way they express it. Right. So yes. it gives you insight into how other people make decisions and how they make their choices so that you can get a deeper understanding and, a, and deeper insight into the people you know and love. And, and avoid the conflict. Mm-hmm. I mean, often Absolutely. there's conflict and that's just the miscommunication. Yes. Mm-hmm. The if, words don't match yes. what's in someone's head. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If I'm with someone who's into affiliation is what would you like your folks to feel when you leave? If they're into achievement, what are the skills you'd like them to have? If they're into power, um, how will I be an asset to your reputation? How will I be a feather in your cap when you take? So one is not better than another. The more you understand, if I speak Spanish and you speak Spanish, why wouldn't I speak it so that we can communicate much more rapidly and clearly? Right. So it's the same thing when you understand how somebody speaks, and very often it's context-related. You might be one way when you're in church. You might be another way, you know, when you're when you're working. You might be another way when you're with your family. But you'll find that there are certain things that you that pretty standard that you'll see pretty much come out a lot, and you can see where can you up your game. So, do you think that every individual does lean towards one of the three behaviors in in anything that they approach? In my experience, I find that most people are not that balanced in the workplace. If somebody's very achievement-oriented, they believe that I'm going to work really hard and someone's going to notice. If you don't have the people skills, when do you throw your hat in the ring? How do you let somebody know that you want to move within an organization? How are you reaching out to other people to find out where you fit or to build your own brand identity or your brand reputation? So that's in anything. I remember a little trick when I first started here and, and Linda was teaching me power affiliation achievement. She, I said, well, how do you size somebody up quickly? Because you don't always have the time to sit. And if you're at a, a meeting, a sales pitch or something, and I don't have time to really understand what's motivating them. So she said, a quick sneak is if you're in someone's office, you just look at their desk. If they're affiliation, they'll have pictures of a lot of their family, their friends all over their desk. If they're achievement, you'll see recognition certificates on the wall. You'll see the sales Trophies. numbers that they achieved. <laughs> exactly. And if they're power, maybe you'll see them shaking hands with the president or <laughs> something that's more power oriented from that standpoint. I mean, it sounds so simple, standpoint. but it I sounds that's simple, true. But it, and then you know, okay, you start to see certain cues or clues, let's say, and then you know what to talk about. Oh, that's so fascinating. When did you get to work with the president of the company? Or, oh, I see you have three children. What ages are they now? When was right. that picture taken? And it gives you a great entree to have something to talk about or right. to relate and to, to them. And to get along. And to build that rapport quickly, which right. is so important. It because is. it is that first few words out of your mouth that right. tells you whether you're going to relate to someone or not a lot right. of the time. And we know that relationships are everything. They drive everything that happens in life every day, whether it's at a social situation or a business Mm -hmm. meeting yes Mm -hmm. they do they really do people sometimes underestimate relationships and sometimes overestimate the relationships I've been in situations where they're very tight with somebody and they don't think they could ever be fired because they're really close and if the person is high on achievement as well as relationship they have a job to do if you're not doing your job they're still going to have to let you go although they'll want to invite you to their parties (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well that's I guess you 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 can have these relationships and get along but you have to be professional yes. right there has to be a purpose and you know uh, an end result when it comes to business yes so tell me uh, I'm curious about how you um, take this information when you go and you meet with an executive of a mm-hmm. fortune 500 company mm-hmm. what takes place in that meeting I do interviews so what I want to find out is What is it they're looking for? What's working? What's not working from their perspective if I'm dealing with the boss? Um, I find out what are the three most important things that they want to know about me and what are the three most important things that they want to see accomplished. So I need to understand their perspective because then what we're looking for is where is it that if I'm brought in, where is it that they're uh, working? And where is that the person they want me to work with? Where is there a mismatch? How are they not seeing 
eye to eye. So do the companies always reach out to you for issues related to co- co-workers and or is there sometimes um, do they come to you for um, just general marketing issues? Okay, you let's know, move let's it say, from okay, let, let's I'm sorry, let's move it from coaching and let's turn into summer consulting where we do really great research and okay. Juliet will talk about that since she runs that division. Okay, All great. Right. So what's, what's really interesting, I would say, is that we do a lot of the same skills, the same things, just on different uh, levels. So the questioning techniques and the individual things that, that Linda talks about in Beyond Office Politics and those motivations we were talking about, we're asking them on a grander scale to find out how people make decisions and how they make choices. So whereas she might interview an executive in a one-on-one basis to say, okay, well, what's going on with your team? Let's see how we're going to move you from your current position to the position you want to be in. What do we need to do to get you there? We would be doing it on a population level. So a pharmaceutical company might come and say, our product's been out three years and we want to move from this number of sales to this number of sales. How are we going to do that? So we're asking the same thing. We're talking to their doctors and we're saying, why do you do what you do? And what's going to get you to do something different? So we're looking to understand, are they motivated by seeing data? Or is there something more emotional and experience-based in their choices? Or um, do they need to know what the options are that are, that are available to them? Or are they more procedural? They need to know where a product fits in their prescribing strategy. So there's similar type motivations that you would do on a personal basis that you're looking to see, okay, when I look at... 100 gastroenterologists, how are they making choices? Are they very motivated by being the first, being the newest, using the best product available from a power perspective? Or are they saying, I need to get the one that has the the greatest lowering of cholesterol or something more achievement-based? So there's similar patterns, but we're just looking at them from a marketing perspective. So I think that's why our, our work interplays a lot and we get to use the same types of questioning techniques. It's really... You ask open-ended questions, gather as much information as you can, and then we transcribe all of our interviews word for word to find out where are the leverage points, where are the strengths, and it's very similar to what's done in coaching. Yeah, our tagline from, from Summer Consulting is what to say and how to say it. So many people have great intentions, as you mentioned earlier, but their delivery may not match the situation. So it's the same thing on a larger (laughs) scale with how Juliet's speaking about it, and on a coaching scale, that's one-on-one specific to that person in their career. It could be brand identity. You know, it could be communication. It could be politics. It could be being oblivious. It could be giving yourself a, a ceiling that you didn't realize you had. It could be a mismatch and no one's going to tell you because HR, it's sometimes it, it, they walk around and people are afraid to say things. So when I'm there, I can show them where they are and it's tangible. I think with our market research company, with coaching, with our survey, with the book, the tangible results. Like you said, you know, I read the book and it was tangible to see what were the similarities and differences just with that big frame of power affiliation achievement. Right, and that's right? just a little part. And we have hundreds, every- hundreds of tools and skills. So they might, you know, just like in a car, I don't need to know everything that's under the hood. I just want to know it works. So in market research over the years, in the beginning, maybe they want to know every tiny piece of the mechanism. But as we, as we progress, sometimes they just want to know the results once they trust us. It's the same thing. I can, we can prove what we say. We don't, it's not theory. It's right. all tangible results. And I think that's something that in every business, people want tangible results that help move the ball forward. And you know what's so interesting is that this works for all types of industries. Yes. You're not working only with pharmaceutical companies. No, no, no. Tell me some of the different Airline that- industries, um, jewelry industry. Automotives. Automotive I mean, For people industry. that are listening and, and may, you know, There's really no industry. If you're looking to get information, you have a product. Let's say you're a small business, uh, a small woman's business, and you want to be able to market. Well, you need to know who to market to and how do they make decisions about your type of product. So the more you understand how they think and make decisions and you have tangible things that you could verify, the more you can wordsmith what you're saying to match them. So if there are four products and you match them better, their chances are you match them more accurately, chances are your your product is going to stand out more. So it's so much about behavior. It's 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 not It's about linguistics and behavior. And and quickly just talk a little bit about linguistics and what that means for the listeners and in, in 
we parse we parse language in the way that someone <laughs> would parse a sentence and say, here's a noun, here's a verb, here's an adjective. Here we say, in, in our language, we're looking at, ah, they're towards versus away, which means I don't want a car that's a lemon, which is moving away from a car problem, versus I want to turn the key and go, which is a towards. Um, somebody else thinks big picture. Other people give so much detail that they might drive their spouse crazy. So it's seeing where those differences are and what resonates with your audience. So it's right. the same thing on a smaller scale, as Juliet was saying, individually when you're coaching, and on a larger scale. So are, there are all these patterns we take for granted. On the, tooth, the, the mouthwash commercial, we can do that one quickly. If, uh, a lot of times when we're at a meeting and someone wants to understand our patterns, we'll say, if you were to use a mouthwash, why might you use one? And people might say something like, sweet smell, taste good, fresh breath, which would be moving toward a solution, as Linda suggested. Or they might say, kill germs, avoid plaque, stop gingivitis, which would be avoiding a problem. So if you think about, uh, if we can use brand names, if you're thinking of a solution, you're thinking of a scope or a product like that. And a lot of people that are killing germs and plaque are thinking of something like Listerine. So when both companies realized they were missing half the market that didn't really think of their product in that context. Scope added a tagline to their commercials that said, and we kill germs too, because they wanted to make sure that problem avoiders knew that they could they could oh, uh, meet those needs. That's so interesting. And yeah. then uh, Listerine came out with a green and a blue bottle to match the mindset of a fresh breath or clean mouth idea. So it's structure. So where linguistics comes into play is not just the content of the words, but the structure. How do you take some of these motivations and actually filter them through the language that you use so that you can resonate on a deeper level than just the words. Right. And that comes back to how, how things are delivered. It's so important, yes, like, not just the words. If we have any more time, like with a mother and a child, if the child is more, okay, if a child is into affiliation and a child doesn't behave and a parent says, you can't hang out with your friends, the child who's into the computer and doesn't want to, that's not going to affect them. Yeah, who? He says, I get to go sit on the computer all day. Exactly. So right. if a child is into their computer or into achievement and they're told they can't go on their computer, then that's going to affect them. Right. Or if they're into power and being really a hero in their friends and their mom or dad comes out and yells at them and says, come in here, Junior, you know, it embarrasses him. So one is not better than another. Nobody is one of all those things. But right. the more you can identify them, the more you can achieve better results. Right. Excellent. I, I wish we had all day. Unfortunately, the show flew by and, and we're out of time. So I want to make sure that our listeners, uh, a couple of things, know how to get in touch with you um, if they have a business and they're looking for your expertise. If you just want to share your contact information first. Sure. You can contact me or Juliet uh, at Linda at summerconsulting.com. And that's S-O-M-M-E-R, or Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E, -T -T -E, at summerconsulting.com. And what I wanted to offer your listeners was that if you wanted to take the survey that goes through this and have an example uh, of just the power, affiliation, and achievement for yourself, you can write Sue at srocco233 at gmail.com, and she will forward it to me, and I will send you an invitation to take the survey, and then we will send you results. And I highly recommend it. I, I think it's really um, a valuable tool, and it's only one little snippet of what they do. And you can also look online at beyondofficepolitics.com, and that will give you information about the link, about the book, and a link, as well as a small video called Under the Bus, which many people, we put together in animation, which many people know um, happens when someone throws you under the bus okay thank you so much julie thank you so thank much you for Linda. having us it was it was great fun um and before i sign off real quick if you're um out there listening and you would like more information or you're interested in coming on the show please feel free to call me at 215-313-5561 or email me at srocco233 at gmail thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week for the better part